Welcome to the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay. This is your positive path for spiritual living. So, uh, Miss Betty, just following her 48th birthday, found herself in a hospital bed, being prepared for a surgical response to a minor heart attack that she had experienced. And while she was laying in that hospital bed, she had a vision wherein the Lord God Almighty came to her bedside. And in her concern and fear for her physical predicament, she said to God, Am I going to die? And God said, No, sweetheart, don't worry about that. You're not going to die. You have at least 30 more good years ahead of you. Oh, Betty was so relieved, as you can imagine. So while she was in the hospital following the surgery in response to the minor heart attack, she decides to go full out. She gets breast implants, she gets a tummy tuck, she gets liposuction, she gets her face pulled up, she gets her uh, hair rerouted, and I'm telling you, when she's finally ready to leave that hospital, Betty looked like a million dollars, and she walked and strutted across the street in front of the hospital toward the garage where she was going to be uh, picked up, and all of a sudden, an automobile comes racing along, slams Betty down, and she dies instantly. Well, when she reaches heaven, there's the Lord God Almighty again. She says, hey, God, I thought you told me I had 30 more years. What happened? He said, well, sweetheart, it's true. I thought you had 30 more years, but the reality is when you walked out of that hospital, I didn't recognize you. (laughs) All right, my friends, a good chuckle is always appropriate when we are discussing a subject as sensitive as the subject of human passing, human death. I have a question for you this morning. Do you think God can recognize you? Do you believe God can recognize you? Are you disguised as a mere mortal being, or are you recognized as immortal spirit? How do you define yourself? I'm always telling you, Unity on the Bay, it's the most important question you'll ever ask. Through this experience of the coronavirus, death has been pressed into our faces, my dear friends. Turn on the television and there's a constant toll of the passing of individuals. And some of us have lost people very near and dear to us because of this condition. I believe with all my heart that it is impossible to truly love life without making peace first with death. And while death has always and likely always will be from the human perspective accompanied by experiences of immense pain and sadness and loss and grief, all the dimensions of the human reaction to the physical departure of someone that we love dearly, there is also another dimension to this experience, something that is at least on the level of appearances, inevitable for all of us, and yet something that is feared perhaps more than any other experience. I hope this morning that together we can take advantage of an opportunity to redefine our outlook on what death is and what it means. 
While in our culture, the emphasis is placed almost entirely on the departure of a loved one, on separation, which is so true to our human conditioning, there are cultures where it is celebrated as a graduation, as a release, as a newfound freedom. Back in December of last year, and I mentioned this to you about the time I returned from Kansas City after having the immense honor of officiating at the memorial service of one of my great mentors in life, Bill Dale. I co-officiated this memorial with another minister, Reverend Larry Schwartz from Tucson, Arizona. And he spoke some words that have had a profound impact on me. They impacted me when I first heard them, and they have continued to impact me ever since. And I want to share them with you right now. He said, in the presence of the departure of a loved one, it is very important to never refer to them as a was, but rather to always refer to them as an is, as an is. You see, it's important to remember, my friends, that you and I and all those we love We're eternal beings. We don't go away from anything at any time for any reason. The dearly departed are not departed. They are with us here and now in their truest form. Yes, we put on these physical bodies as we make the journey through this human experience, but that's not who we are. You're so much more than a physical body, and so are the individuals that you love. And there may be individuals that you have loved that I would encourage you right now in this moment to say, you still love. It's a little bit like if I walk into a room and nobody realizes I'm there. They think I'm gone away and everybody is talking in the past tense about me. I don't think anybody ever gets insulted in this measure, but come on, the spirit, the truth, the real reality of everyone, my friends, is eternal Our loved ones don't leave us. A number of years ago, at least a decade ago, I had the strangest dream. I woke up in the middle of the night and remembered every detail. I was laying in a hospital bed myself in the dream. And I was informed by a doctor on my left and a nurse on my right. I was informed that I had a terminal illness and that I had only a short time to live and it was probably not going to be a very pleasant experience because it was a very destructive ailment that I had encountered, and it was going to be a long, drawn-out, and painful process. So they gave me an option. They said, you can either ride this experience to the bitter end, or we can give you an injection right now, and you'll just pass on peacefully. I opted for the injection. And in the dream, as the injection was being administered, I gradually felt myself backing, backing away, growing lighter, growing freer, and all of a sudden I opened my eyes and there was the doctor and there was the nurse and nothing had changed. And I said, I thought you told me that this injection was going to wrap it up for me. And they said, it did. That was the end of the dream. I didn't really get it at first, but now I do. Nothing had really changed. And while 
It's impossible from a human perspective to say that when someone passes away, something hasn't changed. It has in the relative, in the material realm, I get that. But what I loved about this dream was I feel it was informing me that on the spiritual level, death does not have ultimate reality. At the end of the day, we're all still here. Here being that infinite, invisible, eternal realm that has been our home through, I believe, many lifetimes and most certainly long before we ever arrived on the planet. I remember in 1999 when my father passed away and I had a good relationship with my father. I loved him, he loved me, but it was a little strained, if nothing else, just a generational gap. I had been asked to speak at my home church, Unity on the Plaza in Kansas City, Missouri, for the first time. I hadn't really ever spoken there. I had been raised in that church, but it was very important to me. And so even though my father's condition was ailing, I felt it was important to go. I now actually believe that it was a setup on his part and on the universe's part that I be there as he made his transition because it happened at the very moments that I was standing on the platform at Unity on the Plaza in Kansas City, Missouri. When I arrived at the hospital, my father... His eyes were closed, but his mouth was open, and he had this look of absolute astonishment on his face, a look of awe, and I'll never forget that. I feel as though whatever he was experiencing in that last moment was really rich and perhaps a bit overwhelming, in fact. Several years later, I had a problem. Uh, there are many things I am, but one of the things I am not is a plumber. And I had this situation where my toilet in the bathroom was uh, giving me some problems and I didn't really want to go to the extent of bringing in somebody from outside, so I thought, I can probably fix this myself. Big mistake, because you don't want me tampering with anything mechanical or anything that uh, would require the skills of a handyman. But I went in bravely and boldly and started working from underneath the toilet and all of a sudden something burst and this stream of water started pouring down all over my face. And as this was happening, I swear to you, I heard my father laughing. My father was much more mechanically inclined than I was, and I just heard him sort of chuckling, laughing, and, and probably being quite amused by this predicament of me having water all over my face, wet hair, wet clothes. And I just put a smile on my face, and I said, hey, Dad. And in that moment, all of a sudden, I had a download, like, like an insight. I knew exactly what to do to remedy the situation of the water that was pouring down all over me and ultimately to fix the toilet in a way that made it work for all the remaining years that I lived in that house. My point is we do not depart. I don't believe this. I've had too many experiences where I've been able to know the presence of another person. The veil, however, you know, is very, very thin between this life experience we call human existence and the multidimensional, I believe it's multidimensional, experience of the hereafter. Myrtle Fillmore, who has been on my mind a lot of late, said these words. They were in response to someone who had written a letter saying that she thought she had heard the voice of a loved one. And Myrtle said, you're hearing your dear one's voice in the night may have been his soul's desire and effort to reach your consciousness and comfort you. Those who are spiritually awake can direct their thinking to reach those who are near to them. I've shared with you before the story of shortly after my mother had passed away. 
I was on my balcony <clears throat> sipping a glass of wine. I want to make this perfectly clear. I had had like three sips of wine from this glass, so I wasn't to the point of seeing things. And I had been in the grief. I had been in the sorrow. I had been experiencing the loss. But in that moment, there are two stools on my balcony. I was to the one on the right of the table, and profoundly, profoundly, I felt my mother's presence. I didn't see her, but I felt her, and I knew that she was there. And in some way I can't completely explain, the two of us had an incredible conversation that one minute had me in tears, and the next minute had me in laughter. And I've told you since then, my mother's presence has never left me. She and I had a pact before she moved along. And in that pact, we agreed that she would do whatever she could to educate me, to enlighten me on this subject of death. And dear God Almighty, has she been successful. She was a very strong-headed woman and has made it clear to me ever since. In the flight of a bird, in the flitter of a butterfly, in a penny found on the ground. <clears throat> and I knew it was her. Nothing, my friends, nothing is more comforting than for you and I to be able to experience deeply and profoundly a loved one who has transcended this realm of time and space. And it is possible. You cannot look for that person as the person in the nature that you once knew them. For they have graduated from this earthly plane of existence and they are now operating on a very refined level of transcendent spirit. But you can tap into that simply by thought, by feeling, and by knowing that nobody ever goes anywhere. The only permanent residence we have ever occupied is the residence of one another's hearts. And that residence endures forever. The gift of death helps us, I believe, to treasure life in such a way that we can savor each and every moment of this precious human existence. It's like a trip to your most prized destination. I remember shortly after my granddaughter was born, she was like two months old, and my daughter and I, it's like, we're taking this girl to Disney. And I won't go into detail, but I'll just say it was kind of humorous how compellingly we were trying to convince ourselves that this two-month-old baby was actually taking it all in. Look, that's Mickey. Look, that's Minnie. Look, that's the castle. It's like, you know, Ashlyn was just sort of like, oh, whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, the trip wasn't really for her. Ashlyn, I mean, I love you, and I wouldn't have traded that experience for anything. But I realize now more than ever, when I went into that... I thought, this is the first time ever that I've been able to carry my grandchild into something that had been so profoundly meaningful to me, something called the Magic Kingdom. And I made a commitment that I wasn't going to miss a moment of this experience. I knew it wasn't going to last forever, but I knew that while it was lasting, while I could see and, and hear and feel and taste and touch the glory of those moments that we shared with that newborn child. I will always be grateful that I got the full measure of that experience 
deeply into the grain of my soul and my being. Friend, we're not here forever. That can be something to fear. That could be considered a curse. But more importantly, it could also be considered an opportunity to make sure that we are doing everything we can to soak up and savor, to not allow petty experiences of judgment, resentment, anger, and betrayal to stand in the way of the glorious miracle of the moments of our life right here and right now. We never know from moment to moment how much longer we will be here, but we do know that every moment can be golden. Every moment can be pristine. Every moment can be a moment in which we are remembering who we are and we're soaking up this experience called life. I close with the words of the profound poet Khalil Gibran in The Prophet. You would know the secret of death, but how shall you find it unless you seek it in the heart of life? The owl whose night-bound eyes are blind unto the day cannot unveil the mystery of light. If you would indeed behold the spirit of death, open your heart wide unto the body of life. For life and death are one, even as the river and the sea are one. In the depth of your hopes and desires lies your silent knowledge of the beyond. And like seeds dreaming beneath the snow, your heart dreams of spring. Trust the dreams, for in them is hidden the gate to eternity. Your fear of death is but the trembling of the shepherd when he stands before the king whose hand is to be laid upon him in honor. Is the shepherd not joyful beneath his trembling that he shall wear the mark of the king? Yet is he not more mindful of his trembling? For what is it to die but to stand naked in the wind and to melt in the sun? And what is it to cease breathing but to free the breath from its restless tides? that it may rise and expand and seek God unencumbered. Only when you drink from the river of silence shall you indeed sing. And when you have reached the mountaintop, then shall you begin to climb. And when the earth shall claim your limbs, then you shall truly dance. Dear friend, Make this your opportunity to recognize yourself and to allow God to recognize you, to recognize yourself as more than a mere mortal being, as more than flesh and bones and blood, as an infinite spirit, an infinite creativity, without beginning, without end, alpha, omega, and everything in between. Be eternal and celebrate it. God bless you. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Positive Spiritual Living Podcast, brought to you by Unity on the Bay, a spiritual community located in Miami, Florida. 
Unity on the Bay is supported by the generosity of its community. If you'd like to make a donation or learn more about Unity on the Bay, please visit unityonthebay.org. You can also follow Unity on the Bay on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter for even more positive spiritual inspiration. Until next time, thanks for listening and many blessings. Namaste.